the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Browning. Hey, it's Matt Browning back. How you doing? Wow, I feel like I've been gone forever. I took the last week off of the podcast and of business and really everything to move across the country. Now, if you haven't heard about this, it's kind of crazy. We just moved, my wife and I, Lola, and our son, uh, seven-year-old son, Val, we moved from Orange County all the way across the country to Grand Rapids, Michigan. What a change, my goodness. So um, normally I would have recorded an episode last Monday, but we were finishing packing and everything was, was packed away. And then by Friday, I'm driving, and we're three and a half days into into a drive with a trailer, and, uh, and man, it, it was uh, it was a, an intense time. So if you've ever gone through a transition in life, this episode's for you. If you're currently going through a transition, whether it's where you live, uh, who you live with, uh, relationships, business, your health, really anything at all. I want to share some of the stuff that I learned over the last week because it has been uh, it has been intense. You know, there's been certainly times that uh, that I and I, I'm going to speak for my wife as well. I think we both felt overwhelmed. Um, there's been times when we felt like we were doing it all alone, and other times we felt like we had a, a lot of support. Um, mostly it was support, but uh, but I think I think that's a, a lesson I learned. So I'll talk about that. Um, so what's going on? Well, like I said, right now, we just finished moving, so if you hear a little bit of an echo, that's because I'm not coming at you from my normal podcast studio. I'm coming at you from an empty room down in the first basement I've ever owned. So uh, so big congratulations to us. We're so stoked. We just closed on a house uh, on Wednesday, and then we moved in here. We got, we got in here like Saturday night. Uh, so if you're listening to this when it drops on Tuesday morning, you know, I'm recording this on Monday and we've been in here for literally 24 hours, um, a little more than that. We, we moved everything in on Saturday. We also, this is cool, we sold a lot of our furniture. So a little bit of a fresh start and and I love it, right? Like we don't have couches. We sold our bed. We sold a bunch of stuff in California and now we get to have a nice fresh start. So I don't know what you're like. Do you like fresh starts or do you like to bring everything with you? I, I got to be honest. Whew. It was hard. It was hard for me to let go of some of the things I just kind of been carrying around in life for a while. But when I finally let it go, oh, it felt so good. So now we get to get some new stuff. We're going to be looking, uh, shopping for most of the week. But I want to get this out to you. And I thought, man, I could just tell you about the move or I could look for the lessons and the gold inside it. So I decided I'm going to look for the lessons in here for you. So here's three major things I learned about walking through a transition in life, a major transition. Let's get right to the content. Number one, expect to be overwhelmed. Number two, learn how to ask for help. And number three, get a clear vision for the future, meaning a clear vision for what comes after the transition. I'm going to break each one of those down because each one has a few points in and of itself. So think about again, this is all about if you're walking through some kind of a transition in life, and I hope this will help you a ton. So the first thing I realized is I had to expect to be overwhelmed. See, if you go into a transition in life or a major change, and you don't think you're going to be overwhelmed. You think you're going to have everything perfect. Um, I'll tell you what, you're, oh, there's my phone going off. I guess I, uh, I owe you a lemonade or something. I don't know what we're going to do. I haven't had my phone go off on a podcast yet. That was the first time. I don't know if you could hear that or not. Uh, so I should have silenced that thing. It came through my computer was the problem. <laughs> so I'm going to figure out what that is. That 
L- let me know what you like to drink. Um, I want to keep it PG and family friendly, so maybe uh, maybe a lemonade. Or, I'm having a lemonade right now as I record, so uh, call in or email me or hit me on social media at Matt Browning and uh, or you know leave me a review on the podcast and say hey go on iTunes leave me a review and say Matt you owe me a lemonade your phone went off on episode fifty what is it fifty four fifty four all right so number one expect to be overwhelmed I came into this. Um, really, really busy. So if you've been following the podcast journey, we spent three weeks vacationing and supporting the church over in the UK. So we were over there for three weeks in the summer. I came back home. 18 hours later, I flew to Utah, did a three-hour drive to Vernal. Beautiful town, by the way. Really, really great town. Shout out to Vernal, Utah. And spoke at the Joyful Living Women's Conference alongside Kirk Cameron and some other great keynote speakers. And uh, just had an amazing time. We launched the book, The Firebox Principle, there. And then I came home Sunday night. Monday, we did a book launch party in Orange County out of our office. That was a huge success. So again, thank you so much if you came out to that. Uh, If you missed it, don't worry. We will find a time. We'll probably do a part two in Orange County because there were so many people, um, so many of our tribe that didn't have a chance to make it out or or they weren't in town. So we'll probably do one more. And then, shoot, that was Monday. And then Tuesday, we packed the house. And Wednesday we finished and started driving. So it's been it's been intense. So the point of that story is that it wasn't just a move. It was a long international vacation. I know, poor us. But it was just, you know, it, it was a lot to do and a lot to plan. And then it was a big speaking gig. And then it was a big book launch event. And then it was the house. So for the last month, there's been like no downtime. So if I went in there and I didn't expect to be overwhelmed, I'm an idiot. Like, what am I doing? Of course it's going to be overwhelming. So here's what you do. Number one, expect it to be overwhelmed, but you got to embrace it and laugh. You know, so so many times over the last month, my wife and I would just look at each other and just laugh because there's so many things to think about or so many things to plan. We knew we weren't going to get to every single thing. It would be impossible. So your other choice is you go, oh, I have to get it all done. I have to figure this out. The deadline's coming. Yeah, the deadline's coming. Yeah, you're going to get everything done as much as you can get done by the time the deadline comes. And certain deadlines are more important than others. Like if if I have a deadline that involves a lot of other people that are counting on me, well, I'm going to make sure I prioritize that. If I have another deadline that's more about me and my family, um, I'm going to prioritize that as well. But like if that had to go one more day, that might be okay compared to a whole team of people are, are waiting to, to launch or to plan something. So looking for that. Um, so embrace it and just laugh. You know, Laugh when you get overwhelmed. Have a good time out of it. I've realized over the years that you can't control your experience, but you can control your state. So right, said differently, you can't control the environment around you, but you can control how you interact with it internally. So I choose when I get overwhelmed to laugh and it just changes my state enough that I go, okay, you know what? <laughs> Sometimes have you ever been in that situation where you say, okay, what else could go wrong? You know, oh, oh, go, oh, now it's raining. Of course it is, right? But you can either say, oh, it's raining now too. Of course it is. What a failure. Or you can just go, hey, it is what it is and, and, and laugh out of it. Um, I know you've had a situation like that. You're driving in the car with a friend and, and, you know, it's just one thing after another. And you're like, oh, now, and then it's a flat tire. And, and again, you can have it ruin your day. Or you can just choose to react differently, embrace it, and, and sit on the side of the road and have a good time while you're changing your tire. Um, I don't like changing tires, but you know what? If it happens, you can still make a good time out of it. Number two is, this is really important when it comes to overwhelming, don't make it a crutch or an excuse 
don't fail to plan just because you say, well, I can't get it all done anyway. Right? I know a lot of people that they're always living in overwhelm. And if you live in overwhelm and you never have a plan, you never execute the plan, you never prioritize and schedule your time or other people's time with you, and your excuse is, oh, I'm so overwhelmed, there's so many things to do, there's no way I can get to it all anyway. So don't fail to plan something and don't disrespect someone else's time just because you yourself are living in overwhelm. So that was a big lesson for me I've learned over the years. I don't always do it perfect, but I always try really hard to consider other people involved, and to make sure that I still work within the team and still work within a plan, um, even though I myself am overwhelmed. So still laugh at it and don't use it as a crutch. And the last piece is once you know that's happening and you're laughing at it, how do you deal with it? How do you get through it? It's just like the old adage, how do you eat an elephant? That's right. It's one bite at a time. (laughs) Eventually, you will get through the thing. Just calm down. Take a breath. I could actually use a breath right now and just eat it one bite at a time. So you calm down and you look at one thing at a time and you say, okay, what needs to happen first? One of the easiest ways to do that, and I know it sounds overly simplistic, but it's just write things down. What overwhelm is, you know what, I'm going to save this. I think this is actually more information than I realized. Um, I'm going to do another podcast episode at some point in the future, um, probably just on overwhelm and how to get out of overwhelm. Would that be useful? If it would be, uh, tweet me, Facebook me, or Instagram me, at Matt Browning. Send me a message. Let me know. It's M-A-T-T-B-R-A-U-N-I-N-G. And while you're there, follow me, like me, like the page, and uh, we always share podcast episodes, and I'll share inspirational memes and you know family photos and all that kind of fun stuff. So you can get to know me a little better if you don't already. Uh, but let me know if you'd like Overwhelm, and, and I'd love to do an episode on Overwhelm. All right, so one bite at a time. So that's the first chunk is expect to be overwhelmed, embrace it, laugh about it, don't use it as a crutch, and just get one thing done at a time. Number two when going through a transition is ask for help. Are you the solo adventurer that thinks you got to do it all on your own? Are you the Superman of your life that you think you have to have the world on your shoulders? Well, here's three keys or three characteristics of asking for help. Number one is I want you to realize this. No matter what your experience has been, because some of you, you know, you might be listening thinking, Matt, I would love to ask for help, but nobody wants to help me. Or you might say, I don't know, I feel bad asking for help. You know, we all have our story about support and help around us. But here's the truth about support and help. Number one, it's more available than you think. There are many people that are around you in your life, be it in in uh, co-workers in your career life, blood family or marriage family, you know, family people, friends, your church or your community. There's people around you that would be willing to help, but oftentimes we fail to ask. We feel, and why do we fail to ask? Sometimes in my life I felt guilty. Um, I felt like I had a big ego. I felt like, you know, oh, I, I can just get it done on my own. I don't want to burden somebody. What's your story? Like, how come you don't ask for help? I'm waiting. Oh, that's right. We're not talking back and forth. This is just a one-way conversation at this point. But make sure you go onto Facebook, go onto Instagram, go onto YouTube, go onto wherever you see this podcast, wherever you get it, uh, and let me know what you what's your story for not asking for help. For me, I think the biggest one is I don't want to burden other people. I don't want to come off like I'm um, like I'm expecting you know someone to help, and then I don't want to be that person that people talk about later and go, oh man, yeah, Matt, he always needs help. You know, he always needs someone to to 
to be there for him. But the truth is no one says that. Nobody talks like that. Here's the truth. Number one, it's more available than you think. Number two, it blesses people to help. Did you know that when you ask for help and they get to give you the gift of their time, their support, their effort, that blesses the socks off of people? If they're good people, most people are going to want to be able to help. When I get to help someone, when I get to show up and serve, when I get to help someone move, um, I like it. It blesses me. I I feel useful. Uh, I feel like I'm contributing. I feel like I'm serving. I'm, I'm, I'm helping somebody. It's the same feeling you get when you give a Christmas present. You know, how many times have you ever been out and, and somebody said, oh, let me buy this for you or let me let me get lunch today or shoot, it's Christmas, you know, it's your birthday. Let me give you a gift. And then you receive that gift. And how often, honestly, have we turned it away, right? How often have you said, oh, no, 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 don't know. I'll buy my own. What's really happening, in my opinion, is when someone's doing that, they want to bless you. And when they bless you, it blesses them, right? So the best way to get blessed is to be a blessing. So I guess my point is, ask for help because every time someone gets to help you, it gets to bless them as well, and they feel good about themselves, and they feel good about what they're doing in the world. So don't take that away from them. Quit being so selfish. Quit being so selfish and not asking people to help. Isn't that weird? Think about it, right? It's kind of that, that, that juxtaposition thing, you know? The reversal. It's a little reverse in action. You don't need to do it all yourself. If you do, you're being selfish because you don't let anyone else in your life. I know you because you're like me in a lot of ways, and I know we've been through this before. Number three in asking for help. If you feel... Like you're like, look, I get that, Madam Shirt blesses people, but no one is lining up to help me. Well, I said it's more available than you think, but here's the truth. If you feel like no one is available to help you, like no one supports you, here's what might be happening. Now, please don't take this personally. Don't be offended. If you are offended, I forgive you. It's okay. Um, this isn't about you. But if you feel convicted, like, hey, this actually is about me, that's that's kind of between you, know, you and, and your life. But if no one seems like they're supporting you, it might be you're one of the kind of people that is always asking for help. And there's nothing wrong with always asking for help unless you never give it back. So there's this this principle, right, of sowing and reaping. And here's the, right, um, in the Bible it talks about sowing and reaping where oftentimes we sow financially and we reap financially. We, people apply that principle to money. But I don't believe it. It stops at money. It's a lot more than that. Sowing and reaping. What do you want to reap in your life? What do you want to receive more of? Um, do, you have, do you have kids and you never have any time alone and you're always, you know, your kids are driving you crazy and you're wishing people would line up and ask to babysit for free and help to take your kids? If you if you ha- want that, but you're like, how come no one's lined up to take my kids? It's probably because, um, I guess my question is, how many kids do you take on? How many friends do you say, please bring your kid over, let me watch them too? See, if you want to reap child care, and, so, and loving people to be around your kids and give you a break, you have to sow that. So if it's coming to asking for help, the first thing to do is sow that. So I would, if I was you, I would go to friends and family that have kids. Maybe your, your sibling has, has kids, you know, you got cousins there. How often do you go to them and say, hey, why don't you come over? Hey, why don't you drop the kids off for an overnight? Hey, why don't you bring them over and I'll watch them all, you know, whenever you need. But don't just say, hey, if you ever need it, let me know. Because if you say, if you ever need any help, just let me know. Honestly, how often do you just let people know and how often do they let you know? It's usually never. 
Oh, did you hear that again? That was my phone going off a second time. Unstinking believable. I could have sworn I muted that. Well, owe you a second lemonade. That is two lemonades in one episode. I'm going to figure this out because it is, uh, it's going through the computer and I'm 38. I'm not too old to not know how this stuff works. Oh, here we go. I'm going to mute my computer. I wonder if that'll work. All right, let's see how that goes. Um, so where were we? Right, sowing and reaping. So if you if, if you ask people, if you let people know, hey, like whenever you need help, just let me know. They're never going to let you know. So what you need to do instead is ask, make sure people know you're there to help, right? So say, hey, listen, um, I'd love to hang out. Maybe you, sh- you should drop the kids off sometime. They say, yeah, that sounds great. Okay, wonderful. When do you want to do it? And actually pin them down to when you can help them. Say, what do you think? Like, I got a bunch of time this week and next week. Let's pick a date. Um, You know, let's pick a date. I'd love to bless you so you and your husband can go on a date, you know, or you can have some alone time at home and just relax. Uh, And then what will happen is they'll start dropping off, you know, maybe they drop off their kids. And then you watch someone else's kids. And pretty soon, it's not that much time, but you find yourself in a heart condition and in the energy of serving and giving and helping. And it's around childcare in this example. And then what happens? When you have something going on, you go, oh, hey, would anyone be able to watch my kids? What you're not doing, you're not trying to trade, right? You're not doing a tit for tat kind of a thing like, Oh, I watched your kids last week, and shouldn't you watch mine? It's not that. It's a spiritual principle. So when you sow child care, you'll then reap child care. And it might not come from the same people, believe it or not. Because some people are in desperate need of help, and you help them. They're not going to have the resources or time or ability to come back and help you back. But what will happen is all of a sudden a neighbor will walk out. You know, it's just so funny how it works. A neighbor will walk out and say, hey, you know, just so you know, you know, my 14-year-old daughter, you know, she's she loves kids. And if you ever want to drop off your son, um, just, yeah, just ask. She won't charge anything. And you're like, what? So that's that's a little bit of the principle. So if you if you love books, just go on different examples. If you love books, sew books. You know, like one of the things I love to do is I, I love reading like Lee Child and, um, you know, some of those uh, like the mystery or thriller writers. I love thriller books. And so I'll get the new Lee Child book on hardcover whenever it comes out. I'll read it. I don't sell it on Amazon for $10 later. I don't, you know, I, I just look around at my friends and I think who likes to read. And I always sell books. Um, I have a bunch of, uh, a, you know, a bunch of spiritual books. So whenever somebody you know, I'm talking to you or someone we're discipling and walking through something. If there's ever a book that, that fits or that they comment on or whatever, I always just sew that. I'll bring it to them, you know, at church the next Sunday and say, hey, I got this for you. I thought you might like it. And I just do that. And what happens is whenever whenever there's a book that I might like or, or something, I'll end up reaping books. And I have more books in my house than I could shake a stick at. So follow that principle when it comes to help. So that's the end of that. Hope that makes sense to you. If you feel like nobody supports you, really take a serious look at your life and say, how much support am I giving out? Give first. Sow first what you want to reap. Okay, I'll leave that there. So number one was expect to be overwhelmed. Number two is ask for help. And number three, real simply, is when you're going through a transition, get a clear vision for the future. This is so important. In a transition, we can get lost in a transition. It's so easy to get lost. So here's what we do. Number Here's a couple questions you can ask and answer that will help you get a clear vision. To me, it really helps me in, like, in this move. It really helps me to know what's the vision for the move. 
um, I ask you a few questions like, number one, why am I transitioning? Is this the right move? Right? So before we started moving just across the country and we're packing our stuff and we're selling our house and we're getting the trailer and, and, and we're, we're buying it. Uh, sorry, I, I misspoke. We were renting in Orange County. I said we were selling our house. We're buying a house here. We were uh, exiting our lease in Orange County. We have the office in Orange County. I got all, the, you know, all these pieces. It would feel really overwhelming and almost, it could almost feel pointless at times. Let me be clear so you understand what I mean. It can feel pointless at times if you're not super clear on the why the transition is happening. So for a move across the country, it was easy for us because I said, hey, why am I transitioning? Well, it's a new season in life. Is this the right move? Yeah, I know it is. My wife and I both prayed. Other people we know have prayed, and, and we believe that the hand of God's on it. We're supposed to be going to this new place in this new season. We're supposed to land with the people in the east uh, out in, in Michigan, and we're supposed to be amongst a lot of the church leaders here, and it's time to grow uh, spiritually and grow in leadership into this next phase in life, and I'm super excited about that. And what's cool is it's also God's all over the transition of the business. So, you know, here we are. Me and you are sitting here together, and the podcast is blowing up. Um, it's it's incredibly exciting that it's really working. People are listening to it. We're getting more downloads every week. Still uh, climbing the charts. Today, as I record this, we're at number 14 in management and marketing. So we were at 10 last week. Um, but we're always hovering somewhere between like 8 and 15. And that's like such a cool thing, you know? So there's no way I can do that on my own. But with God, anything's possible. So so the future and the, the, the vision for the future is clear for me and the move. So that's something I learned from this. Let me talk about a different kind of transition, though. What if you're transitioning through something that's not... Your choice. Your spouse decides it's time to end something. You lose a loved one. Um, the economy changes and your business declines or, or closes. And I've been through that, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Um, I'm on my fourth business now in 16 years. I've had a mortgage business. I've had a real estate business. I've had uh, an association for coaches and practitioners. And I've had a, a seminar and coaching business, which is what we're doing now. Going through the businesses, I've had the times when I remember when I transitioned from mortgage and real estate and I transitioned to coaching. Part of it was everything started drying up and real estate prices were tanking and lending was getting tighter and there was becoming a recession. I would call it a deep recession and really a freeze on what was going on. So answering the question, is this the right move? Why is it happening? was a little deeper. It wasn't like, well, I know this is the right thing. This is my plan. This is God's plan, whatever your answer was. So I had to take some time and say, okay, why do I need to transition now? Is this the right move to go into life coaching, to go into personal development seminars? And, and it took a little bit of time, you know, especially two years in or 20 months. I, want, I like to be accurate with my numbers whenever possible. 20 months in, I, I was, after I transitioned from mortgage to, to coaching, I was going broke. I was out of almost all my money. I had around about $40. By the time I went to Australia the first time, some of you have heard that story. Uh, and I went to go speak for the first time there. But I'll tell you, um, I questioned it a lot. But one of the things that helped was even though the economy had changed on me, I still got a clear vision for the future. I still saw myself speaking in front of groups of people, transforming lives, 
in, uh, empowering and equipping and uplifting people and helping them to, to live a better quality life and business. And I just saw that so clearly. And even though I was living at my friend Lauren's trailer in his driveway, lost all my real estate, totally broke, raided my old house for some Easy Mac in the cupboard because I didn't have any more food. Like just because I was in that place where I couldn't see, right, the present moment didn't have what I wanted, I could see the future vividly. So having a clear vision for the future, having a vivid vision of the future is what can help you through sometimes what can be a really dark and really down time in a transition. So that's number one most important in in the vision. Another thing you could say is, why is it important that I do this transition well? See, it's easy to also, when you're in a transition and you're in the, the low time, the dark time, um, let's just say, you know, you, you, you were like me and you see yourself maybe speaking in front of a thousand people and then you're like me and you put on your first seminar and there were six, including your parents. <laughs> so you have, you know, four people there plus your parents. It's easy to, to think, well, you know, it's only four people, it's only six people. So you can kind of give it uh, a 6% effort, right? Cause Hey, this isn't that important yet because I'm not in front of a thousand people yet. When you're in transition and you haven't fully achieved or fully realized the vision yet, I'll tell you this, that is the most important time to put all your energy into it. You got to put a thousand percent, or I guess let's be accurate, a hundred percent into every single thing you do, especially when nobody's watching, right? How you treat the small is how you'll treat the big, right? Faithful with, with small, you'll be faithful with much. And that's a a principle that we can use throughout our entire lives. And the last thing is what comes next. If you're in the middle of the vision, again, this is, or sorry, in the middle of the transition, this is also about vision, um, being clear on what the future is. So it's not just, hey, when I get out of this, like this is what, this is what I'm getting out of. Sometimes when you're in transition or or you're in a dark period, we can look at that and think, this is something I got to get through and get out of. And we think that the vision is, is getting out of it. But what's even more powerful is when it's all finished, when I'm totally out from under this, when everything has changed, what comes next? So if you follow me on this, think of it like a timeline. You have your current situation, then you have your transition situation, and then you have coming out of the transition. You have like where you land, right? It's got three points. But there's a fourth point. The fourth point is not just where you are or where you're transitioning or where you're coming out from, but it's even what's the next season after that. So that might be a year, two years, even five years down the road. So I like getting clear on future visions. Like I know there'll be, there'll be a large ministry that our, uh, my wife and I, our, our lives are marked by somewhere down the road. And we're starting it now, right? We're working towards it now. We're loving people now. We're teaching. We're, we're studying. We're supporting people, right? We're uplifting now. But it's not at the level and it's not the, the structure that it'll be 20 years from now, right? 20 years from now, I'm not crystal clear on what it's going to look like. But I begin, I'm praying into and I'm thinking about the vision for the future, for the long-term future. And I'm just... Just spend some time. And I know, I, you know, I said the words pray and God, you know, a few times on this episode. And listen, like if that's not your bag, that's okay. Whatever, whatever your, your system, whatever your life uh, belief system is, I want you to press into it and really start thinking, hey, what do I want for myself, right? What is my life going to be marked by five years from now or 10 years from now? 
So something that helps me get into vision for for the vision of what's next is the vision of way down the road. So you can think way down the road. So I hope that helps. That was, again, just three things I, I learned about handling transition times through my move during the last week. So that's why I was off the podcast and we're back on now. So recap real quick. Number one, expect to be overwhelmed. Embrace it and laugh. Uh, don't fail to plan with overwhelm as an excuse and take it one bite at a time. Number two is ask for help. Realize there's more support available than you think. Remember, it blesses people to help you. And if you think no one supports you, are you sowing support so you can reap it later? And number three was what we just talked about, which is having a clear vision for the future. Answer, why am I transitioning? Why is this happening? Is this the right move? Why is it important that I do this well? And what comes next? You're never finished, so what is coming down the road? So that's it for this episode. A couple quick things coming up this week. If you're in the area, um, I will be on WCIU Channel 26 in Chicago, the number three television market in the U.S. I will be on there on Channel 26 uh, this Thursday, August 23rd, from uh, somewhere in the 7 to 8 a.m. hour. They have a cool morning show, and I'm going on because uh, there's uh, what is going on. There's a Comic-Con coming to Chicago, and I have a really cool segment. It's called The Five Superhero Traits That Every Leader Must Avoid. So it's a leadership segment, but it's tied into superheroes. So it's a lot of fun, really cool. If you're in the Chicago area, tune in to WCIU Channel 26. Um, I will also, of course, I'll grab that clip, and I'll get it up onto my social media and on my website, so you can go to mattbrowning.com, and you'll see that soon. You can go to mattbrowning.com slash media. You can also go and follow me on any social media, at Matt Browning, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube, and you will find, uh, I'll put up clips from, from TV there. And I don't have it confirmed yet, but I am looking. I'll post it on social media. I should be doing a book signing somewhere in Chicago. Um, our publisher, Unprecedented Press, is currently looking for a bookstore that'll be that afternoon. I'll mention it on TV, and then I'll be in the bookstore later that day uh, signing copies of the Firebox Principle. And then the last event, if you're in the also in the, near that same area in the Midwest, I'm doing uh, a really cool event. I'm keynote speaking at an event called Splash. It's, uh, it's put on by the Point Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it's for creators, entrepreneurs, and innovators on August 25th. So if you're a creator, entrepreneur, or an innovator, it's all about how you can make waves in the marketplace and understanding what you were born and made by God to do to go out there into the world and make a splash. Really, really cool event. Uh, super excited. We're going to have a few entrepreneurs there. Josh Best, who owns Unprecedented Press, the publishing company, is going to be speaking. Taylor Blom and his wife, Brittany Blom, will both be speaking on their entrepreneur journeys. And then I'll be, I guess, headlining, doing three sessions uh, out of the six for the event. It is August 25th, 9.30 to 4, uh, and admission is totally free. There's a link in the show notes, so check out the show notes real quick, and we'll make sure we put the link in there. Um, it's an Eventbrite page, and it's completely free to attend, 9.30 to 4. And then from about 4 to 5, um, will be available. My book, The Firebox Principle, will be available, and then I'll be at a back table doing signings and Q&A and, and just kind of hanging out with everyone, taking pictures and, and whatever they want. You know, I'll be there. High fives. Uh, all good. So that is it for that uh, so far. This Friday, super excited. My interview this Friday is with none other than Joshua Best, the owner of Unprecedented Press. It's, uh, it's an incredible publishing house. 
that is really unique in the space. Uh, it's not a self-publishing company. It's not a traditional big name company. Um, and it's not even a you pay us and we'll publish for you company, which is really the only options out there. They're much more, uh, the closest thing you could say is it would be a publishing co-op. They, they bring partners on. It's such a cool business model. We're going to break it down and talk about it on the interview. Uh, and you'll find out how Josh came up with the idea, um, how well they're doing, um, what kind of people they bring on the team, how they recruit team members. So they have editors and proofreaders and printers and, and authors, of course, and all the people you need, layout and graphic artists and designers for covers and so forth. And they treat everybody as a partner. So the authors are partners and all of the, the different, um, uh, I don't know, not staff, what would I call those, all of the different contributors, the editors and so forth, they're all partners as well. So what happens is instead of having traditional publishing house and having this big uh, overhead and all these staff, um, different people come together for each book because it's a unique book to the unique author and they all partner together and then everybody splits different shares of what happens. It's, uh, it's really cool and I'm great, grateful to be a part of it. Um, very exciting. Um, Josh also uh, works and consults in advertising, um, does really, really high-end advertising with a few different companies locally around here in Michigan, and he's a, a graphic designer and just a, a real creative. So if you, uh, we, we had a great interview a couple weeks ago with Sean Stewart, Sean Douglas Stewart on uh, creativity in business and how they merge together. And this is going to be kind of along those lines too. If you're a creative, uh, you're going to love hearing from Josh. We talk all about that and more this Friday. Don't miss it. Have an awesome week. Don't forget to leave a, a rating and review on iTunes if you haven't already. Just a quick reminder, it helps the podcast so much. I appreciate you. Appreciate you listening. I'll catch you in a few days.